Hello and welcome to the Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast. We are your hosts, Eric Sturgeon. And I'm Russell Sorry. This podcast is about all things Wisconsin, history, music, and culture. While drinking a few brews. Though we don't often use strong language, the jokes and the content is not intended for young audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Before we begin the episode, we have to give a huge shout out to the Dangits from Madison, Wisconsin for providing us with great bluegrass intro you hear at the beginning of every episode. The song Razzle was written by Jamie Lampkins, but is performed by on behalf of Tom Wasselchuk and the Dangits. If you have a chance, check these guys out at dang-its.com for upcoming shows, music, or on how to book them for weddings, parties, and etc. Thank you for listening. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast, your weekly dose of the Dairy State. We are your hosts, Eric Sturgeon. And I'm Russ Sari. Our main story today is about Green Bay, Wisconsin, and how it became the toilet paper capital of the world. We also have great Wisconsin music from the Unitaskers, a fine-ass beer review, Another edition of How Many Locals You Ain't. <laughs> and we also have an interview with Central Waters. Uh, before we begin, a reminder to anyone who enjoys this podcast please like, subscribe, rate, and review. Uh, leave some comments and stuff on uh, any of the major podcast streaming platforms, wherever you listen to it. Um, you know, like it, subscribe to it, uh, you know, hit the little bell on, on YouTube to get notifications of when we're releasing new content to your ear holes. Uh, we would really appreciate it. Word of mouth is the best way to get us out there. Head over to our social media pages on Instagram and Facebook and our website, which is projectcapestudio.com. Um, the, the more likes and reviews and feedback that we receive, uh, will definitely continue to help us grow and expand this show. The, you know, the more we can do for you guys and, and to better this is really all we want. Yeah. Um, we want to thank all of the supporters and listeners. You guys are what makes this thing run. We're driven. We love doing it. Uh, but if there wasn't an audience, I don't know that we would care as much or if we would be as driven to do this. So thank you all. Without further ado, here is episode 28, How Green Bay Became the Toilet Paper Capital of the World. We all know Green Bay. It's uh, known as the title town team, the pack attack oh, from yeah, Green baby. Bay. It's also the oldest city in Wisconsin. Another little fun fact about Green Bay. Well, that I mean, it's right off of the, uh, the water. So back when it was, uh, uh, I guess, best to... Uh, travel things and ship things via um, cargo ships and stuff. Uh, your your best bet to be a big town it was if you were closer to a port, and that was Green Bay all the way. But one thing many don't know about Green Bay is it actually the toilet paper capital of the world. Yep, the old Green Bay wipers. Green Bay is located in the northeastern part of the state and was originally called La Baie des Pouances. Which, Which translates means, to the stinking waters. Oh, I thought it meant butt paper. Butt paper. Stinking yeah, butts. The old marked up paper. Uh, it was named after the odorous algae blooms and, and later La Baia de Verete, the Green Bay, due to the colors of the water. Thanks to the Brits, later just changed to Green Bay. Nice. The that was easier to say. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> La, La Baie de Verte. La Baie de Verte. La Baie de Verte. La Baie de Verte. The primary industry in Green Bay is paper making, but we will get into that. So before toilet paper, the mention of toilet paper was in 1391 AD by the Chinese royalty, which was made of rags and considered the most luxurious item. Up Whoa. until Green Bay came up with this masterpiece wipe, there was really nothing else there to use. <laughs> People resorted to corn cobs, yao, Jesus, rags, sponges, which were very expensive, and of course the left hand. And, of course, pine cones. Which is still the case in many third world countries as the left hand is the primary wipe source. Oh, man. I know. And it's actually the reason why you're, it's proper, even if you're left-handed, to shake with your right hand. Right. And, I, I mean, I was going to go down that direction, I guess. You know, I guess I'm glad I don't shake people's left hands. But, 
Yikes. And one and another theory that I didn't mention in this um, writing of mine, um, it's actually one of the reasons why Christianity views the left hand as evil. Kind of, you know, if you're left-handed, they kind of view that as... The shit hand. Yeah, exactly. So if you're shit-handed... Yeah. I mean, that's... <laughs> I guess that's that's what makes. I it... shouldn't I shouldn't say all of that bad stuff about uh, left-handers because I I do believe my father-in-law is left-handed. <laughs> my mom is left-handed, actually. See, we shouldn't. Sorry, Ma, you're shit-hander. These are not our personal views, by the way. Uh, this oh, is, definitely not. This is what the religion thinks. This is what <laughs> old-timey stuff says. We don't we don't personally hate or uh, or, or think less of uh, our left-handed. Brethren or Sistren. When people started to receive the Sears and Roebuck's catalog, instead of discarding and burning, they would often use them as the source of teepee. Jesus. Sears also learned this later on, and a funny spinoff was made with the word spread in the, the catalog was actually called... <laughs> spread. <laughs> spread. The spread of its use was <laughs> spread. It was actually called Rears and Sorbutts catalog as, a, as like a spoof. <laughs> Which I am actually not making up. Please look it up. It actually was a thing because people kind of got onto the fact that we could use this as a cheap source of toilet paper. And it would cause sore butts. Yeah. For and sure. paper back then wasn't the most pleasant thing, as you're going to find out. Oh, my God. That's great. In 1854, paper inventors came up with the idea that to use wood pulp from trees in the paper making process. And in 1857, Joseph Gaetti from New York introduced the for, for the the packaging for medicated paper, which the slogan was the great necessity of an age. Gaetti's medical paper for the water closet. Actually, I've never heard the toilet called a water closet. Have you? Yeah, it's actually a common term used in floor planning and blueprints for homes. Oh, I did not know that, uh, actually. It's, it's and usually, I'm, a, I'm it's an engineer. Listed, it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it's usually listed as the WC on a floor plan, the water closet. Um yeah. It's, it's proper, I guess. I don't know exactly. Uh, Better than the shitter, <clears throat> the dumper, the crapper, the throne, whatever yeah. you call it. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the, I don't know where the term water closet began uh, in uh, in floor planning or, or blueprinting for houses, but um, I, I, I could guess that it's due to the fact that uh, it's plumbed with, it's like ready for plumbing and, and wet. Uh, you know, wet plumbing, uh, in and it's a smaller room compared to other yeah. rooms in the in the house. So closets are typically the only other thing that are smaller like that. So yeah, I, I, I've always wondered what the proper term is. I mean, bathroom, restroom, the Lou, uh, the John. Yeah, I, I mean, I have uh, so many nicknames for it that naval, I call it. But. Um, uh, my my grandpa was uh, a Navy guy, and uh, they always called it um, something latrine. Eh, no, that, that was too. that's out in the field. I think the latrine. Okay. Yeah, I'll 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 come back. We'll come back to the navy thing. Yeah. So due to the wood pulp infused in the sheets, so the guy at his medic the medicated paper actually had wood pulp in it. They were pre moistened and had a ton of alloy to help with the sores from the wiping. Wow. Yeah. The package came with five hundred sheets and sold for fifty cents. And his name was printed on every sheet, which. I don't know if I want my like, last name on. Like nobody wants a sorry wipe on your ass, you know. Like you don't want to wipe. You're wiping on his last name every time you wipe. You yeah. Know? Uh, so the navy term is the head. The head. Okay, yeah. I've heard that before. Hit the, hit the head is the is the common term that you would hear around, but uh, the head was uh, known on on ships. And here's where our great state of Wisconsin takes the lead in toilet paper making. Woo. Green Bay made the great debut of the greatest thing in human history in 1901. The Northern Paper Mills came out with the first sanitary tissue, called the Northern Tissue. Each pack had a thousand sheets that were 4 by 10 and they were pierced with a wire loop so they could be hung from a nail in the outhouse or latrine. Yeah, is that a f- four, and a, four feet by 10 feet? I wish. I mean, I'd probably God, need yeah, that I size. could use at least one of those sheets. Yeah, for right. Sure. By 1920, the Northern Paper Mill were producing the toilet paper on a roll and quickly became the number one producer of bath tissue. In 1928, the Holbrook Paper Company in Green, Bay, in Green Bay created the Charmin toilet paper, which we actually know today. Those creepy bears, dude. Yeah, I'm, yeah, Charmin. Charmin Soft. And due to the great success, changed their name to the Charmin Paper Company in 1950 and was eventually bought out by the Procter & Gamble Company in 1957. And I think they still own to this date, actually. And they produce a lot of the, the big names. Yeah, P&G is, is a huge uh, company here in uh, the Wisconsin, northern Wisconsin area, that is. 
And so up until this point, there actually were small splinters in the due to the wood pulp in the manufacturing process. And um, in 1930, the best invention was made. Ooh. Yeah. So they had the first splinter-free toilet paper. Thank you for our wonderful invention. <laughs> My cheeks, thank you as well. Yeah, absolutely. My yeah. hole is uh, happy. You know, the, the Northern Paper Company is still around, actually. Quilted Northern. Quilted Northern, yep, is still uh, is still manufacturing our fine-ass paper. And today in modern Green Bay, we have some of the largest producers of toilet paper in the United States. Due to the abundance of trees and paper mills, Procter and Gamble, Procter and Gamble as well as Kimberly Clark Corporation, which produce famous wipes such as Charmin, my favorite, Quilted Northern, Kleenex, and Cottonelle, which is pretty incredible that our state produces a large number of the well, toilet paper. And I would and I would say too that uh, you know when you get when you get certain things um, into certain industries, uh, paper being one of them, a lot of times those things are they're all manufactured at like the same facilities, and then they're just labeled different stuff. So the the difference between any of these. Uh, uh, toilet papers isn't necessarily uh, anything other than labeling and packaging. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because a lot of times these, these rolls come off the same uh, uh, manufacturing lines. Exactly. And so Green Bay has struggled recently due to uh, COVID um, and they have produced more than they ever had before um, to meet demands. They've been really stepping things up and really, yeah. really, really producing a lot to help out with this COVID crisis. Because, as you know, there were some really shitty people, <laughs> no pun intended, Yum. that actually bought out a lot of the toilet paper in the beginning of this crisis, which it's not even a necessity. I, I mean, mean, it was a reaction to um, to, you know, the the I, I guess the the overall fear that everything would be shut down in its entirety. And so I know that a lot of people have uh, fears relating to like bathroom or bathroom use or, you know, public, you know, whatever. Uh, and, and I guess not everybody is able to, to, to come to terms with that idea that, Hey, things are going to be fine. They went out and they bought everything. They went out and they they wiped the shelves. <laughs> they yeah. they wiped the shelves clean of toilet paper, uh, all the sanitation uh, wipes that we have nowadays, uh, all the Clorox bleach stuff, uh, a lot of different already prepared food stuff. I remember walking through Walmart like a week or two after uh, the the coronavirus became you know this big pandemic, uh, and seeing like the frozen pizzas totally dismantled yeah i mean i'm sure yeah i mean it was it was nuts and and the the first to go was toilet paper um yeah i know and you don't realize what a luxury item it is if you go to such as eastern europe if you go to like a hostel or if you go to a hotel in eastern europe there's going to be somebody standing outside the hotel selling toilet paper and there's yeah there's like such a large like when we're we're so spoiled with toilet paper that we'll purchase it for expensive costs in Romania, and by expensive in Romania I mean a, f- a few bucks for a few squares. So these people are making an industry of selling toilet paper to tourists, uh, yeah. American tourists. And I don't know what the what the conversion rate is on a lot of these other currencies, but I'm I'm very familiar with the conversion rate uh, to uh, Canadian dollar, and that's yeah, yeah. it's like. Point seven six, I believe, is right now the the going uh, conversion from uh, CAD to USD. Yeah, it's something. Like, I can only imagine what it is in in a, in a country that's not considered like Maine. I mean, it's it's a it's like an actual industry selling toilet paper. You yeah. know, in a lot of countries, even like India has people that'll sell you like American tourist toilet paper. That's their pampered chef. Yeah, uh, pampered asshole. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And so the paper industry in Wisconsin accounts for roughly 30,000 jobs and is an $18.2 billion business in our state. So way to go, Wisconsin, for saving our rear ends. Our state will always have your backside. So please, you know, every next time you wipe your, your hiney, yep. give a thanks to Wisconsin. Yeah. And I would say, too, that uh, it, it goes much further than just the toilet paper industry in the bathrooms. When you go to uh, any any restaurant, any uh walmart or something like that and you visit the restroom you're gonna see names such as like kimberly clark uh there's going to be um our hometown san jamar san jamar which is one of my best friends adam's uh grandma was was involved in san jamar she is the um 
uh, one of the so San Jamar was three ladies uh, from the Elkhorn Lake Geneva area. Um, she's the Mar uh, in oh, in that wow, whole thing. Cool. Um, it's just amazing uh, that the history of um, sanitation and bathroom products and and big industry in Wisconsin alone is amazing. I, I I'm I'm never at a loss. Uh, for for hearing you know these these crazy ridiculous things of, of companies that started here things that are still manufactured here um Nina Foundry is one of those other ones that I'm sure we'll probably do an episode on oh we have to I mean all, almost all of these manhole covers and stuff that you see walking on sidewalks and streets you'll see that it says it's from Nina Foundry that's amazing Nina I Wisconsin know. is is covering uh, you know all these different like sewer caps and stuff, and it's just absolutely amazing. I, I our our state is is it, beyond what you what you know. So I think that uh, that pretty much concludes the the story for the uh, TP capital. The one thing I will say is uh, over this uh, this crisis that we're in right now, this pandemic, my wife and I actually purchased a uh, a tushy. Uh, the the bidet. Explain. Oh wow! So it actually just gives you a little spritz. Oh, it gives. Yeah. Oh yeah. Does it wipe you clean, or does it? I I've always wondered because I I know overseas there's a lot of re- like a places I've been to that that'll wipe your buns for you. But yeah. So this uh this particular product, we are not a sponsor. We are not partnering with them. We wish that we could. So, uh, tushy um tushy bidets. Uh, we would be glad to promote the product. Um, but. It's it's inexpensive. You can get one for like eighty bucks. It just connects simply right into your water line. You basically bypass where the where the bowl fills back up. So you you take that exact same fresh water line, but connect the bypass over to this other thing that which is a hose attachment that goes. You know, it's got this really nice you know tucked away squirter, if you will, and it it just washes your cheeks. Uh, if you're on it in the right direction, it'll give you a spritz right in the direct bullseye. And uh, <laughs> it's a it's a fantastic product. Uh, it has saved us a ton of money on uh, the, the, the you know, the white stuff, the paper. Yeah, yeah. Um, because all you're really doing at that point is drying off. Right, right. So, you know, you need a couple squares, you dry it off, and you're good to go, which is awesome. Uh, but we did that as a response to... You know the the low uh, toilet paper um, stock in in all of our local convenience stores here. So um, cool. Yeah, that's going to conclude our main story for today, and uh, stay tuned for the rest of the episode. We have another Wisconsin music segment. Uh, the band that we are featuring today is the Unitaskers. Um, these guys are a fantastic indie rock group from the uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin area. Uh, looks like this band is consisting of Dylan, Joey, Andy, Ian, and Keegan. Uh, these individuals are all pretty top-notch musicians, man. I yeah, mean, the musicianship is amazing in the yeah, song. Yeah, uh, they flow really well. Um, the rhythm section is tight. It is uh, just really great music. I, I haven't, I haven't found anything that I'm like. I don't hit hit next on a lot of uh, songs, especially when I when I love it, you know. And, and these guys are just one of those. Um, I, I listened to uh, to everything pretty straight through, um, and uh, I just very very excited to uh, hear more from these guys uh, when when they actually recorded their uh, um, their most recent album. It was in January of 2020, and and it was. Uh, um, during a uh, a blizzard, which is uh, pretty normal for uh, Wisconsin, yeah. right? You could you could be recording in a blizzard anywhere from October to April. <laughs> yeah, it, it, the last Pillars of Light album is actually pretty good, front to back. Yeah, it's really good. It's 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 right up there with uh, uh the Motion City soundtrack, um, uh, the um, Blink One Eighty Two. Uh, I, I love. All of those those albums, like front to back, just like this one, uh, just really, really a, a great a great album. The uh, song that we have chosen to feature, uh, it was tough to do because we, you know, all of them are uh, are very good quality uh, songs. But we chose French Tuck, 
which is uh, the second uh, uh, song off of this album. So uh, without further ado, this is Unitaskers, French Tough. That was the Unitaskers with French Tuck. Definitely go check them out on their social medias, their Bandcamp, iTunes, all that good stuff, Spotify. We now have another fine beverage review. This one comes to us from Central Waters and is the uh, HHG collab, right? Yeah, so this one is a um, 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 like uh, a pale ale. Uh, tribute to the horseshoes and hand grenades, one of our uh, our previous musical guests we've had on the show. Amazing, amazing band, by the way. Yeah, definitely really good. Um, it's brewed by Central Waters in Amherst, Wisconsin. At 5.3% ABV, it's brewed with mosaic and citra hops, which you're, you're getting right away. I'm getting that citra mm. hop taste and the mosaic flavor. This is another one where if you're going to do a mix and max of some of the best pale ales in Wisconsin, this is one you have to include. It's brewed fantastic. It's great taste. It's um, really good. Yeah. It, uh, so like you said, you get that kind of citra uh, immediately, but then it kind of tapers off to like the mosaic, which is the more bitter. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's great. Yeah. Really so, refreshing. So the can is pretty cool too. It actually has um, horseshoes and hand grenades as like a shadow in the background. It's it's really cool. They have their logo Can in there. Can you see Adam? Um, let me see. Is he there? Uh, yeah, Adam's there on the far right. He's actually with the little guitar. The, the six string there? Yeah, he's jamming. And uh, if you want me to read from the can, it actually says, Inspired by the music of Wisconsin band Horseshoes and Hand Grenades, this American parallel is best enjoyed with friends old and new while playing or dancing to your favorite tunes. Let's make some memories today. Awesome. Yeah, it's And a that's re- how I feel when I drink this. I, uh, I instantly want to be... Uh, in in front of a, a stage with some really good 
country bluegrass folk music with like, you know, I don't know, a few thousand of my closest friends that I don't know. Yeah, exactly. And this beer is just really good. Like it's very like it's carbonated really well. I don't know about you, but it's really bubbly carbonated. It's fantastic. Yeah. I love it. It's really one of those beers. Like I, I tell everyone, you got to try this beer if you come to Wisconsin. It's it's one of those beers you got to pick up, check it out. And I love the the HHG uh, logo. The uh, the horse, horseshoes and hand grenades logo is uh, pretty timeless. I love it. It would actually go really well as a tattoo. Um, that's a possibility. Yeah, and instead of uh, water, sun, earth, and sky, it says uh, ale, sun, earth, and sky at the top of the can, which is pretty much how Wisconsin is. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we love ale, our beer. Ale first. And if you don't know, um, we have Anello coming on the show later from Central Waters to kind of tell us a little bit about the brewery as well, so please yeah. stay tuned for that. Absolutely. This is a fine beer. All right, and now another edition of How Many Locos You At? Yes. Uh this is uh, a pretty nuts story, uh, as apparently they all are. Yeah. Uh, but so uh, in Appleton, Wisconsin, behind the gray walls of the Fox Lake Correctional Institution, uh, there is a particular inmate uh, in his pale green jumpsuit, uh, wire rimmed glasses and thinning sandy hair is counting the days until he's a free man again. This 53-year-old Manitowoc man is one of about 30 people in the state of Wisconsin with at least a dozen drunk driving convictions. Uh, He has more than 1,000 days to go before he is released, but he's still counting them. The dirty dozen. So, uh, despite his dozen convictions, including the one that landed him at the Fox Lake Correctional Facility right now, uh, this man doesn't see himself as an alcoholic. Uh, He was never involved in any serious crashes, or he didn't kill anyone uh, as a result of his his drinking and driving. Uh, So, he has a hard time understanding why his actions are criminal. (laughs) I mean... You're ticking you're, time bomb, really. Here's the thing. He's man. lucky, not, honestly. You're not going to get through to everyone, but cognitive behavioral therapy goes a really long way. Right. And I and I believe that this individual could, could really, he could ho- hopefully at least understand the idea that drinking and driving is criminal behavior. Right. It is criminal in all of its nature. First of all, crimes are very well documented as what they are. There is a rule book that says what a crime is, especially when considering crimes on the roadway. It's very, very just it's written. There is no it's black and white. There is no gray area. And like the DMV says, uh, you know, driving is not a right. It's a privilege. Right. Exactly. And a lot of people don't understand that. Exactly. So with with that being said, there is zero possibility that you could ever be sort of in this weird gray area in between of did I do something wrong or did I not? The minute you had something to drink and then you decided to drive, it became an illegal action. Now, will you get caught every time? No, not at all. Yeah. But when you do it is illegal it isn't there is no question there is no if and or but if you are pulled over and they 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 see that you have been drinking it's over sir there Agreed. is no question so can you tell us a little bit about what why he thought this wasn't an issue um so he has stated uh, uh on the record maybe that's part of my problem i don't really look at this as a crime It's hard for me to accept punishment for something I grew up thinking was okay. Uh, In some ways, I guess I still think it's okay, but I know I have to stop. Yeah. Something tells me that this individual suffers from what is known as uh, being sorry and apologizing because they got caught. Not because what they did was wrong, but because he was caught. For sure. So, uh, although he underwent required alcohol assessments... Uh, for his past convictions, uh, he said he was 
or he has never uh, been required to undergo any intensive alcohol treatment, uh, was not offered medication to help him stop drinking, which there are plenty of uh, uh, medications that exist to uh, assist you in, you know, curbing those cravings or even almost instantly vomiting if you if you get alcohol in your system. Yeah, yeah. There are there are these medications that exist. Um, this individual also uh, never had an ignition interlock device uh, on his vehicle, which would prevent him from starting the vehicle anytime that he had alcohol in his system. Uh, he never had a car immobilized or seized. Um, so I think what is happening here is this article is, is trying to point the finger at um, for not taking the, the right state. steps. Yeah. For not I taking think, the right steps. Yeah. And I, and I believe it is written in, in defense of, uh, this person in general, not necessarily that he was thinking correctly, but in the idea that he was never offered any of these other things to try to stop him from doing anything. And it's, um, it, it's difficult for me to think that, um, that you need those things to stop drinking and to stop the, that criminal behavior, that criminal act of, drinking and driving right i mean it's not like you can find every time or going to jail or having to do other things you know what's wrong those are all reasons to stop for sure i mean this this gentleman has has paid probably close to hundreds of thousands of dollars in fines and penalties classes whatever, i'm sure this individual know. hasn't had a driver's license in a while because yeah. I, at a certain point i don't believe you get it back um we are not a uh you know a whatever three and done, you know, state or whatever they're considered California and, and Illinois, I think are, are some of them that, Hey, once you get three, you're done over with never having a license again, again, 53 year old man. He's not a local drinker. No, he's a Pabst ham. This is, this is absolutely not a case of an actual for loco, uh, beverage consumption. This is like you said, probably, you know, uh, Milwaukee ice or Milwaukee's best ice house, Natty. Uh, Natty, something, some, some so, lager that, that, you know, we don't know about how he's actually pulled over and you know how many he had, but this guy, you know, he's a veteran drinker. He got, you know, he has 12 DUIs. What, what, if he was drinking on an average drink, what do you think his local count would be? Well, so I think that's where we, that's where we have to try to imagine in our mind that he's a veteran of the right. game of drink. Yeah. So he can handle his booze. He can definitely handle his beer at minimum to get caught. I think this guy is, is probably somewhere in the neighborhood of, um, let's say 12, anywhere from 12 to 16 local. I'm I, leaning the 16. I think you're, I think you're on to something there. I, I, I was thinking the same thing. Probably 16 loco is I what mean, I'm thinking. Cause he's deep. And, yeah. and he can just, he can, his system is, is up to the challenge to, uh, to help this man succeed in, in drinking and then getting home. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's unfortunate that we have cases where you can hit the dozens. I mean, at some point, how can you even drive with that many? I you mean, shouldn't. you shouldn't after the first one. I mean, I've never had one, um, you know, but I know I've have family members that have, and you have to take a class and it's thousands of dollars for just the first one. Now it's pretty ridiculous. Yeah. And, and not to, not to even mention like lawyer fees, uh, to, to boot, you know, this guy has wasted so much money and time and effort just to try to drive home. I realize that in, in some of these Northern Wisconsin counties and communities, cities, that that like taxi cabs aren't a you know a necessarily prevalent thing but there is such a thing as the tavern league of wisconsin the safe ride program has existed in wisconsin for a long time right my grandparents owned a bar in the 90s and it existed then and in my you can't tell me that this guy is 53 years old and doesn't know any of this i mean shit uber lyft those things are are now and in my opinion, it's so cheap. You can get a ride from your house 15, 20 miles down the road for like under $30. Dude, pay that every day of the week versus, you know, $1,000 just to the, you know, for a fine. And then not to mention all the other shit. And then having to spend time in jail or prison. This guy's in prison. 
<laughs> I mean, the guy is 50 years old. I mean, even in my younger days, 21 area, you know, there's been times where I went up to Brady Street and I've gotten so trash where I knew I couldn't drive home. And I mean, I didn't really have a lot of anywhere to turn to, but I literally took my keys out of the ignition. I had a sleeping bag in the back of my car. Yeah, it's probably you, you might get a fine for that, but at you least can, you're not drunk driving and hurting somebody. You can you can still get convicted of drunk driving if you have the keys. If you're in the car and you have the keys, they can still make the case. Is it more difficult? Yes. Is it ultimately way safer for you? Definitely. Don't put anyone's lives in danger. Right. If you have to just sleep it off, do it. I've, I've had to do it multiple times, and it's, uh, it wasn't a big deal. The, the point is, just don't be on the roadway actively driving a thousand-pound bomb, essentially. Like, you're a battering ram, and you have no actual control over this vehicle. Stop doing dumb shit. This is why this segment exists. Do not drink and drive. And especially, don't try to think criminally that you're that you're doing nothing wrong by getting behind the wheel of a vehicle after drinking. You are, no matter what. If you've had one or two, I don't care. Don't do it. There's way too many easy ways to get around. They make Lyft and Uber in like the the platinum luxury version. If you really want to get around and still have your nice vehicle, they'll do it. People in the United States drive their really nice vehicles like Lexus, Mercedes. You can just pay up for that. Or if you just want a standard ride in a Toyota, they make that too. It's cheap. Uh, and it keeps everybody safe. Everyone remember Drink Wisconsinably. A- absolutely. Great message. So we are here with Anello from Central Waters in Amherst, Wisconsin. How are you doing? Pretty good. How are you doing, guys? Not too bad. So can we get a little bit of history on uh, Central Waters and how you guys got your start? Yeah, absolutely, man. So... Um, Central Waters here, we're coming into our 23rd year of business in January, so that kind of puts us as like, you know, one of the one of the Wisconsin grandfathers of the craft industry, weirdly, right? Um, and we started, gosh, uh, Paul and I, who are the two owners, myself and Paul Graham, uh, we started, we met at the University of Stevens Point, uh, just in the dorm rooms, and, you know, we just started homebrewing in the dorms together, and, uh, you know, by the end of and at college, we're throwing house parties with our homebrewers on tap. Imagine this was like mid to late 90s, right? So way before the craft beer boom. And uh, so it just kind of made sense for us uh, at the end of four, let's call it five years of college, <laughs> to, uh, to start up. So uh, we started a business together. And, uh, man, we've just been rocking it ever since. That's awesome. I wish I knew you guys in college. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what we hear a lot, right? We just don't tell people that we started homebrewing in the dorms. Yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> just hide that little point. thing. Hide that from yeah. the RAs. Right, exactly. <laughs> Good times. So, yeah, we just we were just talking about uh, B&E's trees. Uh, we know Eric and uh, Bree pretty well. We had, we, oh, uh, we folks. Yeah, they're, they're like the most hearty, cool people you'll ever meet. Yeah, I agree. So, uh, yeah, we were going to ask you, too. So you were on Wisconsin Foodie, weren't you? I have been, yes. Yeah, I know. I remember that and with uh, Chilton, Wisconsin, with the uh, Brees. With Brees Malting Company, yep. Also very good friends of ours. We use exclusively Brees Malt products at Central Waters, and we have the entire time. So Awesome. We're and pretty close with those guys, yeah. Pretty tasty. Yeah. So, uh, good stuff. What, like, what are some current beers you guys have coming out with uh, Central Waters? Uh, well, you know, uh, the year before last, we started kind of a new program here where we were releasing a different uh, canned product, so a six-pack canned product every month, and we're constantly switching that up, right? So the calendar for next year doesn't look anything like the calendar for this year. So uh, right now, here in October, we just launched a new beer and six-packs that's called Layback. And it is a New England style in pale ale with tangerines and gin flavoring. So it's got that gin and juice feel to it, you know? Awesome Snoop Dogg. Love it. Yeah. It's, fun. <laughs> it's pretty fun. And then uh, this month we have Fat Elvis, which is actually one of the base stouts for our, our very popular barrel age program, kind of presented in its non barrel age format for the first time. And that'll be out next month. Awesome. Nice. Yeah, I can't wait. And I I know with COVID, things have been weird. So I'm sure you guys aren't having a lot of concerts and stuff. Because I know 
I went for the uh, the barrel age with uh, horseshoes and hand grenades, and that was like one of my favorite things I've done in a long yeah. time. Yeah, yeah, it's a good time. Yeah. But uh, okay, so I was gonna ask you too. So your last name, Malika, are you got, are you related to the Italian painters? <laughs> no, no, not to my knowledge, at least. My uh, uh, grandparents were immigrants to Milwaukee, which is actually my hometown. That's where I grew up, and. Uh, that's yeah, as far back as we can trace it. So yeah, it was just what I know they're like really good. They were amazing Renaissance painters, and uh, yeah, they come from like a long Italian line of uh, famous painters. So I just was wondering. Yeah, we've tried. We've tried to trace that back, but we can't get past the hometown in Sicily where the family's from. So you never know. Yeah, cool. Hey, maybe you could paint us something sometime, though. <laughs> I don't think you want to see that. <laughs> just stick figures so, so yeah, yeah are perfect so uh i know things are weird with uh covid but uh do you guys have any like standard events coming up or anything that's kind of just regular at the brewery no no we don't you know so i mean everyone's had to kind of manage this sort of independently because there's just as everybody knows there's not a lot of Oh, uh, let's just say not a lot of leadership anywhere to give people the correct guidance. So we're kind of figuring out as we go, as every business is right now. Um, we don't have our tap room inside. Open. People are welcome to sit outside the tap room and they have, but the cold weather is going to certainly put a screeching halt to that, I would imagine. And we'll, at that point, we'll just transition back to curbside pickup, you know, so we've canceled anything that happens on the inside of the building. Where we're located, too, in central Wisconsin, we're kind of, you know, a state hotspot at the moment, unfortunately. So we're trying to be just very, very careful and good, responsible stewards of our own community. Yeah, I think... I think much look forward to being able to do this stuff again, you know, because that's one of the things that we really excelled at was putting out events, whether that's at our own facility or at one of the awesome beer bars across the state of Wisconsin. Uh, boy, do we miss those. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But yeah, we we love the beer. We love Central Waters. Uh, we love the shout out to the state, the Wisconsin beer that you guys have. That's awesome, man. I, I love it. It's it's not a known history, but the the French influence in the area. We had an uh an episode regarding the uh, state name. Yeah, exactly, and that's where a lot of that comes from, you know. And Wisconsin Red is actually one of the first three beers we ever produced back in 1998. So. It's one of the it's one of the two from the original three that we're still making today. Awesome. What are what are the original three? So the original three was Wisconsin Red, uh, Mud Puppy Porter, which obviously is our best selling beer and has been from day one. It's ever actually never not been the number one selling brand from Central Waters. And then uh, the third that we don't make any longer was called Happy Heron Pale Ale, right? And it was a really popular beer for us back then, but you know, as times change, hops change. Back in the late '90s, the hops we could get to make Happy Heron, you know, were the hops that you could get. These days, the hops that are out there, they weren't available back then. And so, as much as that's a great beer, it's just got that sort of dated hop character, right? Because it's full centennial and cascade, right? So, yeah, um, you know, nowadays people are looking for things a little bit more newer. So that's one of the styles that's really hard to. There's really only a few breweries that have successfully kept that same recipe over a long-standing period of time because, boy, that palate changes fast for the consumer. Wow. Yeah, I, I know. Uh, I was lucky enough to try that when I was at uh, the Winking Owl, I believe, or no, the Green Owl in Madison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they had it on. They didn't have it on tap, but they had bottles of it, and it was like one of my favorite beers. So awesome. Yeah. Yep. All right, Anello, before we let you go, we always ask our guests uh, how Wisconsin you are. So we have about 10 questions to ask you to uh, find out how Wisconsin you are. This is going to be fun. All right, sounds good. All right, have you ever eaten a squeaky cheese curd? More times than I can count. And fun, if it's not squeaky anymore, pop it in the microwave, it gets squeaky again. Really? That's what we've heard, yeah, that you can revive the squeak. Yep. I'm going to have to give that a shot. I actually squeak, didn't know. Man, pop. Just pop her in the nuke for a few seconds and she's squeaky again. Everything's better in the microwave, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. Have you ever tailgated at a Brewers, Packers, or Badgers game? All of the above. That's awesome. You know, we got the trifecta lately. It's, it's been, been perfect great. score. Everybody everybody has been there, so that's good. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Especially now since you could get, well, 
pre this year, you can get central waters at both Lambeau Field and Miller Park. So that's that's a lot of fun for us. I mean, they were just letting you in just because of your driver's license, right? <laughs> yeah, man. Like, with Kansas Central Waters. <laughs> yeah. All right. Have you ever hit a deer? Unfortunately, yes. More than once. All right. Yeah. I, that's kind of another one, too. It's just a, no, such a Wisconsin no. thing. Now, if you want to kick that question up a notch, I would have to answer no to this, but I know people that would answer yes. What you would, the follow-up to that is, if you have, did you then eat that deer? That Ooh. Would That's straight Wisconsin if you've done that. <laughs> yeah. Straight Wisconsin, man. You, uh, you tenderize and get it ready, pretty much ready to go. Sure, it's all prepped. On, uh, you know. <laughs> awesome. Have you ever had a true muddled old-fashioned? Oh, yes. Yeah, there are it's it's kind of a Wisconsin staple. I just found out uh, recently that uh, we we drink about over half of Corbell brandy in the United States. Oh. Yeah. So uh, fun story. Back in the day, we used to get some barrel from Corbell brandy for aging aging beers, and and one of the reps, uh, their 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 regional sales manager, told us that at the factory there is two loading docks. One one dock had a sign that said Wisconsin, and the other one said the other forty nine states. That's awesome. yeah, baby. <laughs> yeah. I can see that. Yeah. We can go ahead and give a Ric Flair woo for that, right? Woo! <laughs> <laughs> All right. Have you ever uh, milked a cow? I have milked a cow. Yes, actually, in two countries. Really? Where else? So yeah. Wisconsin, and where else? New Zealand. Wow! No way. Yeah, cows in New Zealand. I milk cows in Wisconsin. How about that? That's awesome. You're the uh, Kiwi milker. We're gonna call you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, w- what do you consider uh, up north, Wisconsin? Oh, that's an easy question, and this is something that every single Wisconsinite should know. People that live in southern Wisconsin would view us in Stevens Point, Amherst area as up north, but that is in fact not the case. The true line is Highway Eight. Oh, oh, Russ! Nice. Russ, yeah. you just said that. I was just up saying. Anything anything north of Wausau is pretty much what I said, which is Highway Eight, basically. So yeah, heck yeah. Well, Highway Eight still always north of Wausau. That's true. That's true. So you're yeah, talking you, like the Rhinelander line. Yeah, so you're Rhinelander North, basically. Yeah, Highway Eight, man. Highway Eight. All right. So have you ever been to a supper club, and uh, do you have a favorite? Oh, I have an embarrassingly high number of things, um, and there are some really, really good ones. So it's hard to pick. Man, it's hard to pick a favorite. Uh, Black Otter is a really great place. Uh, gosh, there's Two Pines is a great place. Sky Club here in Stevens Point is fantastic. The actual inventor of the salad bar is Sky Club in Plover, Wisconsin. Um, and it'd be hard to remiss that there's one in Shano called Amello's. So, you know, that's kind of awesome. Awesome. Yeah, you can't beat that one. All right, so uh, the next question, uh, beer brats. And is there a Central Waters beer you recommend trying with beer brats? Sure. So there's two that I would recommend if you're going to do beer brats. The thing uh, about cooking with beer that you want to be very cautious of, a lot of people think like, oh, I love hoppy beers, I'm going to throw this in. Well, as the beer reduces, everything concentrates, and you're going to end up with an excessively bitter liquid, right? So you want to steer clear of really, really hoppy things, and I'd go with, like, oh, our Honey Blonde Ale is a fantastic one to bring some sweetness to it, or my favorite, the one that you just mentioned, Wisconsin Red. That's a fantastic use for beer brats. That's and great. You can't get more Wisconsin than that, right? Yeah, that's great to hear. Uh, we always try new beer brats, especially with, like, all these breweries we had on the show. It's it's just nice to get – I have a list of beer brats to make now. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So the next question I got, uh, bloody Mary's, how do you make yours? Do you like yours, uh, like hotter or do you use a mix? Well, it depends. There are some pretty good mix out there as of late. Actually, Jack's, uh, like a sausage maker came out with the bloody Mary mix. It's gotta say it's pretty good. Um, but what I like to do is, make it myself and i do a blend of tomato juice tomato juice uh which is key you gotta have come on and then you know you throw in a little normal spices where it's just sour salt but here's the kicker you fill up your pine glass and you fill that thing about three quarters full and you top it off with like central waters bourbon barrel stout central water satin salt, beef salt 
a heavy dark beer tops off my Bloody Mary. Okay. Yeah, definitely. I have never tried that, but I'm going to. I would, I would highly suggest it. Okay, so we got one more question for you. It's the one that we always ask. Um, besides Central Waters, is there a brewery you have to check out? Either Nano Brewery, Craft Brewery, Microbrewery, whatever. Just just some you re- really recommend. Yeah, and this is Wisconsin or outside of Wisconsin. You can go to a different state for this one. That's a tough question. I would say, oh, there is. I'm trying to remember the name of it. There's a brewery in... Um, Portland, that is well known for their IPAs. And I'm just basing the name of the brewery, but we had an IPA there, and I actually won a gold medal at the uh, World Beer Cup for it, and it was just phenomenal, like a super well balanced West Coast IPA. Um, and that's generally what I'm looking for. You know, I love those styles. Free. Uh, I'm spacing the name of the brewery, guys. Um, but awesome brewery in Portland, Oregon, which there's a lot of good breweries out there. So awesome. We'll, we'll, We'll still clear of uh, we'll we'll steer clear of Wisconsin, so I'm not playing favorites. All right. And, uh, yeah, because we'll there are back. so many, obviously, that we could all uh, talk oh about gosh. right here in our so own many. home state. So so many, man, so many. But Anello, we really thank you for your time today. Um, we appreciate you coming on the show, and uh, thank you so much. Yeah, we we yeah, honestly thank you. We can't wait to get to Central Waters and and talk beer and enjoy a beer with you. Hey, I can't wait to do that too, man. We'll do this again in person next time. Awesome. That sounds so great. All right. Have a good one, Nello. All right. That concludes this episode of Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast. If you enjoyed this vulgar display of Wisconsin, we recommend you subscribe via SoundCloud, Apple Podcast, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Also, leave us a review on any one of those above-mentioned sites, and we can read one at the end of every show. Follow us on social media and feel free to reach out, especially if there is a piece of history or weird news you'd love us to share or research, as well as highlight some local artists or music. Our website is projectcapestudio.com. I'd also like to thank my friend and past co-worker Steph Skibak for providing us with awesome podcast cover art, as well as the Dangits for intro and outro music, and all of you for listening. As always... Watch Watch out out for deer deer on the way way home. home.